0: Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching, LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Everyone, it is Friday, and welcome to breaking into cybersecurity. Uh, Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. because it will be focused on an Ask Me Anything style for those of you that are interested. So I'm going to introduce everyone to the topic. Um, We're just going live here on Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube. Um, So just getting the audience
0: ready for questions. Um, And once we get some Once you get questions coming in, then I would be happy to take them. Uh, in the
1: meantime, if this is the first time you are um, chatting, coming in, uh, feel free to subscribe on LinkedIn, YouTube, and any of the other places that you get podcasts. Um, the goal of this show is to Introduce those that are looking to get into cybersecurity, um, answer questions, um, provide guidance, share the stories of those who have broken in and kind of be more welcoming to this industry as a whole. Um, My role here is I am a co-host of the show, but I am also a cybersecurity consultant and career coach so i kind of like to welcome everyone to the community provide the best advice that i can um so let's start digging in we have some people um saying hi hey amy thanks for joining hey tyrone thanks for joining as well um those are my, my linkedin peeps um so today's episode um kind of the Ask Me Anything style. So the way I'll start off with some general tips um, and then as I get questions, then I'll be happy to answer them. Um, For those that want to come on screen, uh, feel free to DM me and I will send you the invites to come on screen. Um, So first of all, for those that are interested in coming into the cybersecurity field, um, cybersecurity is a extremely broad area has several different um, domain areas of knowledge within it that uh, you can specialize in. So one of the core premises of this podcast is that 20, 15, even 10 years ago, uh, the way to get into the field would be totally different than it is today. Um, Today, you can almost specialize in a certain area and be able to get into the field directly versus having to come through help desk or IT as you might have traditionally in the past. I'm not saying that that's the only way that you could have done it in the past, but that's been one of the more uh, common ways for those to come in in the past. Um, It still might be a valid way today uh, depending on where your passions are. Um, As a career coach, I like to advise my clients that as they're looking to transition into c- cybersecurity that you're doing so for the right reasons. Uh, if you're coming into the industry for the pay because you hear, oh, cybersecurity has really high high paying jobs, um, that might be true. But there, there comes a lot of uh, responsibility with that pay. Um, oftentimes, you might work long hours or have a, a stressful environment. Uh, so, if the role that you're doing, um, the company that you're working for doesn't really align with your passions, um, if money is the only reason that you were there to begin with, uh, you can burn yourself out. Um, so, okay. So here we go, here's one of our first questions. Um, What are your suggestions for someone with no experience breaking into forensics? Uh, They're taking some classes, sparks my interest going for cybersecurity next. Um, So what I would say for those looking to break into cyber forensics, uh, forensics, it is a very specialized area within cybersecurity. And for those that do want to go into cyber forensics, you have to really be able to analyze every line of code, understand how applications work, and be able to get down into literally the bits and bytes of um, how systems work to be able to do that forensic analysis. It is less likely than some of the other areas to go straight into forensics. Um, there are some ways that, are, that I've seen some people do it, but they have been typically, um, they have understanding of programming language. They have understanding of um, how protocols work. They have understanding of assembly code. They're able to know where to look for those um, logs or the the things that you're looking for the clues to understand what forensically happened, um, so of of the domains within cybersecurity, cyber forensics is one of the more difficult ones. Um, not saying that it's impossible, but it does take quite a lot of understanding as to what you're trying to analyze, whether that is hardware, software, applications, um, and what you're trying to do with that. Um, Another aspect of forensics is understanding where that data that you're going to go hunt for is stored. Is it stored in a volatile area, a non-volatile area? Uh, Because that makes a huge difference, right? Um, If you turn off the machine thinking that you're going to save all the data that's on there and the data that you're going to be looking for is in a volatile area of memory. Once you power up that machine, all that data is gone. So you have to understand the pros and the cons of uh, turning off the machine, um, turning off the network access and trying to prep for what you're doing. Um, So, that's my little intro to forensics. I'm not a forensic specialist, but that's my high-level understanding of that domain and some of the things to look for. Um, thank you, Joel, for uh, that, that comment, the walkthrough and prep for it. Um, any other questions with regards to uh, breaking into cybersecurity that someone wants, feel free to uh, bring them up. For another major tip for those trying to break in is find a way to establish yourself in the community, um, especially if you don't have work experience, what are some of the ways that you can demonstrate to hiring managers that you have the knowledge, you have the experience, you have what you're looking for in a position, Um That could be um, having a blog or somewhere to demonstrate your ability to analyze and share that analysis with others. So for those in forensics, um, you could create a a blog or a YouTube page or whatever medium you're comfortable with and provide a walkthrough of the thought process of how you would do it or a case study of how to retrieve a certain piece of information that you're looking for. Um, So that could be one way. The other way is to interact with those hiring managers. kind of a, a concept from marketing, but uh, it, that the concept is your Dream 100. Instead of customers for those in marketing, this is your Dream 100 companies or hiring managers. Find out where they congregate. Find out what forums they chat on, um, what groups they're in, uh, whether that's in LinkedIn, Reddit, Twitter, whatever the situation might be. Find out where they are and meet them where they are. Have conversations with them. Join them. Um, and then that way you can have that peer-to-peer conversation with them way before they might be even looking for, uh, filling a role, but you can build that trust with them that you would be the right candidate for them should they want, uh, to hire a position for you, or they might even create a position for you, uh, if they see the potential in you. Um, next question, um, coding languages for cybersecurity. Oh. Uh, I'm going to get in a lot of hot water from all the coders out there. Um, I, I would say pick your poison, right? Um, there's a lot of people that use Python um, as a way to do it, but that's, that's really just a, a preference, and it depends on what you want to do, right? Um, are you using coding languages to script something to achieve a certain outcome, Or are you using coding languages to um, analyze or to create queries within a certain field? Um, So I I would say I I tend to stay away from the coding languages. Um, I like to say with regards to cybersecurity, I live in the land of people process with a solid understanding of the technology. That said, I stay away from coding. Um, I can put together and analyze some HTML, maybe run a Python script here or there, but it's not one of my specialties. So uh, Justin, that's what I could tell you for coding languages. Um, Python seems to be the most popular that I've seen, um, but take that with a grain of salt, depending on what you want to do. Um, okay, until we have the next question, um, one of the other areas that we often get a lot of questions around when it comes to breaking into cybersecurity has to do with your resume. Um, resume, like, men, like what I mentioned earlier, with uh, reaching out to hiring managers is part of the marketing strategy that you need to do. It is one of the most essential marketing documents that a candidate or a potential candidate has in their arsenal, and you need to use it wisely. Um, all too often as a hiring manager, I have seen individuals that have one resume that it seems like they've been using for the past two or three years, and they blindly apply to every single role with the same resume. Um, we Here on Breaking Into Cybersecurity, we've, we have an initiative, the 221 and 2021, where we've been pairing up with volunteers who are going, who've been helping with resume reviews. And I do resume reviews as well. And all too often, what I find is resumes that are created for the role that the person currently is in. So what does that mean? Um, if you are in sales, or if you are in um, help desk, your resume screams sales, screams help desk, but I'm guessing the reason that you submitted you might have submitted your resume, might be for a cybersecurity position. Um, but there isn't there isn't much mention of security or what you might have done for security in any of those roles um, that you submitted to the. 221 and 2021 initiative, or um, when I was hiring for cybersecurity positions that were submitted for those positions, their resume was a a generic help desk resume. Um, So first tip, craft your resume for the role that you want to get, not the role that you're currently in. Um, So if the role that you're targeting is, say, a SOC analyst role, go out, find the job descriptions for six or 10 different SOC analyst positions across different companies. that will give you a nice breadth of what the market is looking for and find the things that you've done in your current role that align to the skills and competencies that a hiring manager for a SOC analyst might look for and find ways to include those in your resume. Uh, the, The next thing is that is just going to be your base resume, you're still going to need to tweak it. So if you find that uh, Casino XYZ is looking for a SOC analyst, now you're gonna have to tweak that resume prior to applying to Casino XYZ and and show maybe the technologies that were mentioned uh, in the job description from Casino XYZ that you've used in the past so that they strike a better um, alignment with that role. Um, with the hiring manager, so that they can see. Whoa, well, he he wasn't a SOC analyst before, but he 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 does know how to look through logs. Okay, uh, that's a plus. Um, he can already hit the ground running there. Um, what else? Let Let's see. Um, oh, he he knows how to do investigations because as part of the help desk role, he found root cause analysis for. Uh, whatever was causing that help desk problem. So those are the types of things that you want to find that align with your role. Um, Next thing I want to say with regards to that is um, after you've tweaked your resume, you want to ensure that you reach out to the hiring managers that might be um, hiring for those positions. Uh, Because it's one thing to apply blindly um, for a a SOC analyst role and hope that you're picked. But if you're applying at a a big company, uh, Casino XYZ, for example, they might have three to four hundred people applying for that same role. And if your resume isn't 100 percent tweaked to that role, uh, you're you're probably not going to make it to the top of the list. I'm sorry. Um, You're just a number at that point. Uh, What takes you away from being a number is starting to use uh, social engineering and networking. Reach out, talk to actual people, um, talk to peers in those companies, talk to potential hiring managers, let them know that you're interested in working for for that company, Casino XYZ, for example, and find out the culture, find out um, what they do on a day-to-day basis and all that interest will allow them to go, hey, I know the manager for the SOC. Um, yeah, I've been talking to to Tyrone, and Tyrone's really interested in this role. Let me go, let me go talk to the, the SOC manager for you, Tyrone, or whoever might be applying. Um, and Tyrone mentioned, um, understanding that your social media presence, if you don't manage it professionally, could disqualify you for a role. Amen. Um, in a time in a very divided time like we are today where um everyone has opinions left and right about different aspects of what's happening in today's society um be be careful with your social media because hiring managers do look at it that's all part of your social brand. So, uh, your personal branding, uh, social media, um, the blogs that I mentioned doing earlier, tweaking your resume, that's all part of your personal brand and whether you like it or not, um, recruiters like Renee small, who's my co-host on this show. Um, she goes out and she'll look at your social media profile and, um, If it seems that you might be uh, a too controversial candidate, uh, it could be something that the hiring manager sees as well. So um, it could disqualify you. It could not. It depends on the culture of the company. Um, If you're saying something that's totally against the culture of the company, uh, they could blindly disqualify you and you not even know it. So um, take what Tyrone says to heart. Next comment that we have here. Um, (laughs) If there's 500,000 unfilled information security roles, um, what will be most in demand, the most in demand InfoSec roles in five years from now? How can someone aim early for their career stage? Well, I I, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, I'm no fortune teller, but... I could tell you some of the trends that I see right Um, I see automation Um, I see the use of machine learning and artificial intelligence I see more and more companies starting with a cloud native posture first Um, so those are all some of the things that if you're just getting into the field if you could specialize in or if you can niche down yourself in right now, you can stand out from the crowd. Um, imagine going in for an interview with two other people and this company is an AWS specialized company and you can speak to the security practices within AWS and um, you might not have done it before, but you studied about it. You you took a class on a, a cloud guru or pl- plural site, and you can talk to the security fundamentals of securing your your cloud environment, uh, creating segregated um, containers, and making sure that uh, secrets are uh, dynamic, immutable, um, and that they're ephemeral, so that. If they they do get exposed, you can wipe them out quickly. If you could talk to that to a hiring manager, even though you might not have done it, they can see that you're passionate about a core area that their business is operating in, and that'll help you stand out from the crowd. Thank you, Joel, for that question. Um, Some of the other areas that I've seen a lot of interest in is... um, when you're in the cloud first, understanding uh, API security. So a lot of these companies that are, go- are starting cloud first, in order to connect to their clients, their competitors, their partners, you're using APIs to do so. Well, do you understand how APIs work? Do you know how to secure them? Do, do you know how to look for the vulnerabilities in APIs? Uh, those are just some of the great things that you can do. Thank you, Pierre. Happy I could provide that oversight. Thanks, Joel. Um, I'm no pro in all these areas, but I like to say I know a little bit about everything and I'm always able to dive in deep um, whenever I need to. Sony, which entry-level certification would you recommend? Also, without a practical examination or knowledge, do you think such... What do you think such certifications justify? Well, hmm, that's a good question. So I'm of two approaches, right? As a career coach, I never like to recommend a specific certification. Um, The reason for that is everyone has an individual journey. Everyone comes with certain passions, certain skill sets, that would be different from the next person. So um, one person that could be that having that network plus um, might be the best thing for them to start out with, whereas another person, um, because of where they're passionate about, starting with the A-plus might be a first step. Um, Within cybersecurity, the security plus is also a good cert. Um, And if you understand where those certifications provide areas of knowledge um a plus focuses on hardware software and troubleshooting that stack network plus provides knowledge in troubleshooting the network stack and security plus is that base level cert uh, providing that fundamental knowledge across those two previous areas and how to do so securely um if you are an individual that doesn't want to go to hardware software and you want to focus straight on the cloud, um, getting a one of the entry level certs from your preferred cloud provider might be a best first step. It it really is up to you and what you're passionate about. So I, I never like to be prescriptive in what entry level certs do I recommend, um, with regards to a practical examination. Um, Certs, whether there's a practical examination or not, are a point in time assessment of what you know. So the industry is ever evolving, ever changing. A cert, even with a practical examination, might be valid today. But in a year from now, um, the technology that that examination, um, that practical examination was based on might have totally changed. So it really it does depend on what you're looking to do and what does the employer want right um government employers they look for certain certifications um health healthcare financial employers they look for other certifications so it really also depends on the field that you want to go into Um, i recently put out a challenge for for all those that are looking for new roles and it really summarizes on finding the role that you want to look at go out, look at the job descriptions for those roles, pick six or 10 different job descriptions, see how you stack up to them and um, where the gaps might be. Then reach out to people in those roles. You can ask them specifically, hey, what certifications might be valuable in those roles? Um, how do their employers value- look at certifications and kind of get those questions from them? Hopefully that answers uh, your question, SUNY. Uh, For the next person, um, LinkedIn user who um, I think this is Nomi, you want to switch from um, electronics. Sorry about that. You want to switch from electronic to cybersecurity. Do you recommend that you keep your all electronic on your resume? Um, Absolutely. I see all experience as being valuable in one way or another um you have to be able to tell the story though right what in your past experience can you use to translate to your future career so which aspects of your former career are similar to your 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 future career and keep those aspects on the resume because those are the things that the hiring manager is going to look at um If they're going to take a chance on someone coming from another industry, um, they want to see that you've had similar experiences or that you are open to acquiring that knowledge. Um, And if you've done it in a similar form, just slightly differently in another industry, uh, you would likely pick it up very quickly. Uh, For someone breaking into... I think it's the same question. Um, So, yeah, that... I'll expand a little bit more on that question. Um, we spoke with Jay uh, last week on the show, and he came from healthcare. And um, that the things in healthcare that he learned with regards to working with uh, EHR, electronic med- medical records, and understanding how those systems function... Are, is great things to include on your resume uh, for him. Uh, we spoke with Ken Underhill, who is also um, coming from the medical field and he's now in the cybersecurity field. He also used that um, IT HIS experience um, and showed it on his resume as being valuable to his career. So um, definitely helpful. For example, myself, I came from IT help desk before I switched into a formal cybersecurity role, I I included all my IT experience because that's the experience that I had. So what I did was highlight which aspects of those roles were more security focused so that I could demonstrate to hiring managers my aptitude for cybersecurity and why I would be a valuable employee for them. Okay, Um, we're approaching the bottom of a half hour. Lots of great questions. Really appreciate it from everyone. Um, I'll give a couple more minutes, see if more questions come in, and I'll tackle them. If not, at um, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, we'll say it for today. And I appreciate everyone that's come by. Uh, if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, um, as well as subscribe on all your favorite podcast programs, um, that way you'll get all the latest you'll get all the latest uh sessions so um well that's it for now thank you all for coming uh hope you have a great day and talk to you next week